This episode of For What It's Worth contains sexually explicit discussion and language to match. Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion into the furry fandom. Thank you for attending today's panel, Recovering from Hangovers, with full professors emeritus from the Persian University of Razis, Ruan Tugs. Hello, professor. Hello, uh, professor. I was sir. going to say, I was gonna say sir. <laughs> That'd be perfect for today's topic. <laughs> Hello, that was sir. Yeah. Um, today we are going to be talking about leather, vulnerability, and Season 3, episode 18. The topic is bondage. How did we get onto this topic? Like, everybody's probably shutting it off right now. Like, yeah, they're so, all panicked. Oh, my gosh! They're turning off their Walkman and their CD players. Okay, we'll just kind of skip. Yes, yeah, skip. What have you been up to? I have been up to a lot of stuff. I went to BLFC! Oh, yes, we both did. So, let's 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 cover that for just a second. How did, did you have a good con? Yeah, I had an amazing con. I didn't think that I was going to be going, but... You know, a couple of really good friends of mine came together and they were like, hey, Rue, happy birthday. You're going to be LFC. And I was like, like, almost like going to Disneyland. I was like, oh, my gosh. Winning. Like that. Yeah. Like winning. Winning. But no, I had so much fun at BLFC. And um, thank you for those people that came up to me and talked to me about the show a little bit. Um, It was great chatting with you and. Um, apologize that we didn't get to do a live show there. You know, I know that some of you look forward to it, but you know what? It was a nice, relaxing con. It was nice to go to a convention and not have to run a panel or show. <laughs> it, it's once. exhausting. It is definitely a thing. It takes we love a lot doing of time. It. We love doing it, but it is also nice just to go and be like, you know what? I'm gonna have a cocktail. And play it's kind of like staffing for a convention. Kind you of, know, yeah. where it's like you just staff and you're just doing. It's kind of like you're staff a staff stuff. infection, yeah. Yeah, you're not. You're working, not really having fun. Staff infection. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really cool con. I think um, the layout of it. I was a little worried. I hadn't been, and I'm like, well, how are they going to work this with the casino and the fursuit rules and stuff? Um, but just so everyone understands, who didn't go, uh, you have obviously the hotel tower, and then you have the casino, and then underneath that is the basement floor or whatever, the lower mm-hmm. level. Uh, and they have the convention there. So you re- basically ride the elevator past the casino. You never go there um, if you're in suit and stuff. So it was a completely offset space. It was very cool. Um, and it was just kind of cool to go around in the casino and see people with tails. Because I mean, people wear their tails. And, uh, yeah, furries are here. And we're being adults. You know, And we, we aren't fucking it up. <laughs> and it's great. You know, we had an opportunity to go into the casino when we were in fursuit. Um, but we had security because they wanted to give us a, a good way to go through and get to the go-karts and stuff like that and not have to walk all the way around and die right. by traveling there. So, um, you know, they allowed us with security to go up on the casino floor and we had like our own little fursuit parade. Everybody you was had taking an escort, pictures. basically. Yeah. That's cool. So it's cool. cool. Did you win? I almost won. 
I almost won. I got like um, second place one round. I got to play again, but then I got knocked out because no, I got third. Oh, no. Machines, gaming, gambling. Did you win? Oh, yeah. I usually, when I go gambling, I go gambling to spend other people's money and not my own because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some people would, uh, would say you're right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, yeah, I did. I spent $1. Did you get money out of it? Of that? my own, no. Oh. You know, I spent some money, but uh, the Twilight Zone was very good to me and paid me back. So I was quite happy about that. Though it was a good con. I, I plan on going next year. Oh, and the one thing I just have to mention, because I just thought it was the coolest thing, is that they have one big central room, a huge room with air walls, and they move those walls throughout the day to partition the space off as needed. That is one of the greatest things I've ever seen at a con, flexible space like that. Yeah, no, that is amazing. I was... It's- I was a little weirded out by it at first, but I'm like, no, these are actually like good air walls. They're not like, you know, like those crappy accordion folding walls that yeah. like let every sound through. Well, no. When you go to other conventions, it's like everything's so spread out, which can be nice. But you know what? What's nice about BLFC is everything's together. So if you want to find somebody, you just go into this one area and you'll find them yeah. eventually. I mean, even the dealer's den is in the same exact area. Right, and they area. just close off the dealer's den. They just slide a wall in. Okay, it's closed. And then the room is smaller. The only complaint that I do have, and I will complain this, is that sometimes some of the nights, some of the music was way too loud. So therefore, the bass was like rattling things. Like it was actually like a pipe broke. Um, lights were falling out of the ceiling. And people were complaining on the casino floor and on the fourth floor that they could feel it like rumbling um, because the bass was too loud. So anybody else that didn't want to go to the dance, like if you wanted to go socialize, you really couldn't because you couldn't hear anything, hear anybody. Well, or you just could have gone to, to the fourth floor and danced and socialized. <laughs> no, I was a good con. Yeah. Um, oh, and I have to say best, best pick up your badge process of any con ever. Super fast. Super loved it. And if you had a line, you could watch like 80s movies or whatever. There you go. So what else is going on for you besides uh, BLFC? Anything fun? I just... uh, Oh, my birthday. I had my birthday. That was super fun. How old are you now? 48? What? Oh, I mean 13? Oh, I'm like 8. I'm 10. I totally dropped that. Just kidding. I'm like, what? You're like 13 now, right? Yeah, I'm 13. Totally. Totally 13. (laughs) 13 13-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a good birthday? I had an amazing birthday. It was a lot of fun. Good. Some did you get oh, did you get to unwrap your package? Uh what package are you meaning? The one between your legs. Oh, oh that one. Oh, bir- birthday stuff? Birthday yeah. badonkadonks or whatever they're called. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> cool. So what did you do, Tux? Uh, well, I went to BLFC, which we talked about. I, I'd also like to tell all trees in the general area the following. Cover your ears if you have small children. Fuck you, trees. Fuck you. Why are you fucking the trees? Because the trees are fucking each other and making my allergies just miserable. I'm, I, I love going outside. I love the day star. I hate pollen and tree sex. Tree sex makes me miserable. <laughs> tree sex makes you miserable. They're all out there banging each other, man. It's killing me. <laughs> Uh, what else they're, is going they're, on? They're using wood. To, no, anyway. Oh, Sorry, God, that was you horrible. did not go there. Uh, <laughs> all right, what else is going on? Um, we I, got a new soundboard. I know. Koru has, like, he is so hard right now, and it's crazy. I am. I am. <laughs> he is rock hard. Is that what that white stuff is? Never mind. That's baby powder. Um, 
no, yeah, we, we upgraded our central board for mixing, so hopefully you're hearing a, a clearer sound, um, which means no one is hearing a clearer sound except the audio files out there. Hello. Uh, we hope you notice a good difference. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later Aren't on in the show... Are you going to a convention, Rosie? Yes, we've been invited to BabsCon, so Corey and I are going to go, hopefully meet the showcast, hang out with some of the cool people there, and figure out why what, what is going on over there. So you're going to hang out with Rainbow Dash? and no. then And then go hang out with Rarity... That would be cool. I don't know. I'm just going as an academic expedition because we were invited to, so we'll see. I want to see what we have in common. Well, more about that later, though. Well, I think it's that time. Oh, oh my God. Is it that time? I don't even have that button ready. Hold on. we got to get the time. What the hell is my time at? This is a first world problem. You want to hear it? I don't know where the button went. I have 10,000 boards. Doug's just lost his brain. I have lost my brain. I lost my microphone. I lost my brain. Lost your tom-tom. I lost my tom-tom. And his pride. Oh, here it is. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's Rue's turkey time. All right. He's brought his metal cookie in. And now you're going to open it up. I'm going to dance. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) It's such catchy music. It really is. I swear I was born in the wrong era. I think that you just remember this from the 90s. Well, probably. Anyways, so the cookie says, Love and ignorance do not make good bedfellows. No, sheen and fatigue make good bedfellows. Bedfellows in bed with the cookie. <laughs> I wonder have they had an episode where they haven't had an episode where he eats a cookie in bed yet, huh? No, but they should. And our local furry on that show. We did? Yeah. Congrats to Gina. Yeah, you guys know Gina from our show. She was on there. She's the um that one that She's um, the sassy one. Yeah, she's the sassy one that says, Call me at the very end. So And she's really like that, so don't mess with her. <laughs> Boom shakalaka boom boom shakalaka laka boom shakalaka boom boom shakalaka boom shakalaka boom. All right, well, we are here to, with our guest who has joined us over Skype. He is someone who is well known in the bondage community. And what is what are you doing? Oh, okay, he's adjusting the mic. You're breathing really hard. Oh, sorry. He's well known in the bondage community, and he also is apparently my husband's favorite porn. <laughs> What is that? What you, yeah, is that what you found out today? You're, he's gonna kill you when you, he hears that. No, that's what I did. He's like, who's, who's your guest? And I, I tell him, and he's like, oh, I love his XTube videos. <laughs> oh, the 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 things you get for just filming yourself having sex. <laughs> that's true. Oh boy, that's bizarre. So tell us who you are. Uh, I go by Rubber Asylum online, uh, otherwise known as Asylum, and uh, well, I am a uh, kinky person who found furry and started perverting it. Actually, so so how did you end up getting into the fandom? Oh, uh, that's actually kind of funny. I I uh, I started in kink when I was you know probably fifteen years ago, and uh, about five years ago a I took on a puppy who was a rubber pup and he was also a furry and 
previous to that point, I'd been asked before if I'd ever be willing to play with a furry, and I'd usually joke it off and, you know, say I couldn't take tying up Wiley Coyote seriously. Um, <laughs> so, so then, you know, here comes this pup with a Rottweiler fursuit, and I'm like, okay, well, bring it by. You know, he was ready to buy a new one, so he wanted to actually play in it. So, he brought it by, and, and uh, we had a fun time, and um, next thing I know, he's telling his friends I'm playing with furries, and uh, the word's going out, and uh, we had a party about six months later where I invited, said, yeah, go ahead and bring some furs along with you if you want. And we had like 20 fursuits at this party. It was insane. So it was random. <laughs> <laughs> now, where are you based out of? Uh, Seattle, Washington. Mm, I like Seattle. Do you, have you gone to Rainforest? <laughs> yes, we've uh, been to Rainforest three years now. Oh, man. How have I not run into you? <laughs> <laughs> For those that do not know, that is Texas Con. That's, he will always be there. That's F- FC is my con, but Rainforest is also becoming my con. Yes. <laughs> so we had an email that someone sent in, uh, and we actually saved the last paragraph because it was more relevant to this topic. So read that, and then we'll go into it from there. Says uh, This is from Jay. He says, well... Bondage is not so much leather, but the idea. It isn't something I can explain. I just love the idea of getting tied up. I love the idea of giving my freedoms to someone I trust, with the safe word, of course. I personally have gone through the idea of going through sexual chastity with lock, cage, and key. Maybe even wearing a collar with that someone's tag hanging for all the world to see. As of right now, I want to finish going through my education before I actually personally meet the one who I'll call my mate before I talk to him about going through those steps. I want to make sure I can trust this person, seeing as I have never been in a serious relationship before. Bottom line, I want to be owned by someone who I know, love, and trust with my heart, and hope the man that I want to relate with is one who I love. I suppose it's only time, or only until time passes that I can decide, and we will meet soon. So, is that where a lot of people start when they are exploring this this idea of bondage, and, and how do they normally see that versus what it actually is? Well, you know, the thing about... The thing about bondage and and being tied up for a lot of people, it it actually is the same thing as as being furry as to a lot of people. You know, it's you had feelings. Me personally, I I knew there was something different about me when I was six, as far as I can go back and remember things like that. Um, you know, my my first you know personal experience by myself was hands free, just tied up. I mean, I I just had figured I should tie myself up, you know, it was made no sense, but it's what I did. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the thing I want to, uh, about the, what I heard in the letter that I do want to, uh, talk about actually is, um, he talked about meeting a mate and then being comfortable enough to talk about, uh, you know, his kinks or his interests with, and I personally think that's better, you know, in the in the process before you actually have a mate, because I've watched a lot of those not go the way as one would hope, uh, as the mate's obviously not into that or, or accepting of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people find bondage later on. I find a lot of people are, uh, especially furs, uh, you know, uh, the idea is exciting. We all lead terribly stressful lives. So the concept of leather, as most people see it from, like, you know, 
20 years back, 30 years back, you know, the leather daddy and the, you know, the big beard, the cigar, the cap, you know, <laughs> vest and the boy on his knees, you know, doing whatever the hell that the daddy says to, to do, you know, and very few of us want to live a life like that, you know, uh, be 100% subservient to anybody at any point, you know, so, um, Leather's more an idea, or bondage is more an idea. It's it's a spicing up of sex. It's um, it's it's stress relief to be able to give yourself unto another and to be able to put that trust into another um, and end up with an enjoyable experience afterwards. Is that how you would define it in today's modern age, or would you define bondage as something different? Does that encapsulate it? No, that pretty much it, it pretty much encapsulates it because um, you know it's it's heavy on power play and it all depends on on what um, on what community you're talking you know uh, uh, where bondage uh, enters in and how you know how much it has to do with it or not you know um, where it's just bondage or whether it's it's you know greater on power you know uh, in the leather community it, it tends to be more about power than it does in say furry where you've got uh, uh, and you know not trying to make generalities at all but you know you got you know two furs young furs who who haven't played deep in like kink or leather who are just tying each other up for their own enjoyment and that's bondage as well it's it's perfectly fine and it's the same thing albeit different worlds than you know on your knees in front of a leather daddy so um you were talking a little bit about um different communities um, explain the different groups in the bondage world in a nutshell. I know you went through I, a couple, I, but is there other main groups? Yeah, I I actually feel there is, and that's that's uh, it's what's so interesting. You know, so many people make fun of me for my Twitter, but when you fi- follow over five thousand people, you know, it's interesting to see the thoughts from the different communities and from so many different groups. And, you know, you've got the the leather uh excuse me, the, the leather group or the rubber group. And then you've got furry, you've got uh then the baby furs, uh the the ABDL, which bondage doesn't occur as as often, uh, uh or doesn't pop up as often in that culture from what I've seen as it does in some of the others. But um yeah, you know, it's 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 so many different groups that don't seem to accept each other. Uh, you know, furry is is has I've seen people large groups against kink, large groups against you know ABDL, um, you know, and then uh, rubber or you know the leather uh, groups have the same kind of attitudes back. Um, first time my sir, my uh, who is old guard leather, was at one of my parties. I got, it was at my birthday party, and I got uh, a fursuit given to me as a gift, uh, Derpy, my dog, and I put him on, and I wandered out, and who was right there but my sir, he wasn't there before, and of course, I just reached out to give him a hug, and I've never seen a man recoil so fast, because he had no idea who it was, and here's this random furry dog creature reaching out to give him a hug, and he wanted nothing of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just natural reaction. That's really interesting in in some ways because you've got all these different groups that, in a way, want to be accepted but struggle to accept others at the same time. And how, how do you – do you feel like those drive each other? Do they feed off of each other in that way? They really do. You know, it's like if anyone ever has read – 
the YouTube comments to any furry video posted. It's you see, uh, of course, you've got the trolls, but you also got general society commenting in there as well. And the outlook on on you know furs is not really good, uh, unfortunately, from general society, or not as good as we would want it to be. And uh, um, excuse me. And so. Uh, um, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, the furs looking down on the, the baby furs, which they don't understand, or, you know, the, the uh, looking down on kink, which they don't understand, you know, speaking of whatever person is looking down upon this. And I can never understand how one group who fights against their own image so hard to, you know, want everyday life to accept the concept of, hey, I can put on my fursuit, I'm going to walk down the street, entertain the kids, you know, and people are just going to be, you know, no one's going to make any stupid comments. That's what I want, you know. And so yet you turn around, it's like, oh, well, this guy likes putting on a diaper before he puts on his fursuit. And that's just disgusting. And it's like, so you're just paying forward what you would like to see in real life change for you. And so it doesn't make much sense to me, you know, uh, why we wouldn't be more accepting of our own community. And that's kind of what I kind of try to put out there every day, you know, on the net myself. That, you, that is definitely 100% a good point. Do you feel like you serve as a bridge then between a lot of the different communities? I don't like, you know, I've, I've, I, I look at myself as just me, you know, I, I, it's fantastic to me that that people find me, you know, entertaining and and things have grown as they have. But, um, you know, I've here I have gone my whole life. You know, I, I started with, you know, you know, I can't do pain. Well, I found pain. You know, I'm not into this, not into that. I couldn't do furry. I, you know, don't get the whole, you know, ABDL thing. And every time I've said I can't, I won't, I don't get it. I meet someone, someone amazing who's a friend or, you know, a, a mate comes out and says, well, I, I'm into this or that. And I have to think around it. And at this point, it has come to not only accepting, but becoming part of different communities. Like, you know, with furry here, I started from, uh, you know, just playing with my pup so many years ago in his first suit to owning two fursuits of my own and go to multiple cons. And there's very rarely any evening in this house where there isn't somebody suited and, and cuddling with someone else. So it's so many different worlds away from, you know, the leather community I started in. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, we we make of it what we what we're going to. And... You know, I think it's easy in life when we're so used to being uh, talked down to, uh, whether, you know, a lot of us, you know, uh, I kind of study a little bit the groups and stuff and people's backgrounds and have tried to figure out, you know, where did furry come from? Where did this come from? Where did, you know, in people's people's histories, you know, asking them about their background. And I think a lot of us were... were uh, kind of the outcasts, you know, during our high school times and during our, uh, you know, our, the times when we learn our social skills and we learn, uh, you know, how to interact with friends and, and, you know, mates and things like that. And, you know, being gay didn't help that, you know, for most of us that, uh, or for a lot of us that, you know, you don't get to date in high school, things like that. And if you do, it's not with the sex you want to be with or should be with. 
So I, I think it, it comes forward in that. And so we're so used to taking shots ourselves and it's easier to feel better about yourself to take a shot at someone else that you do so even often uh, uh, subconsciously without thinking about it the same way that you hear people say, you know, oh, that's gay. And it's like, well, that's offensive, you know, but people don't think about it. So they just throw it out there without uh, uh, thinking about, well, I'm just doing to this person what, you know, everyone's been doing to me for so long. So just as a quick question to you, um, what groups are you in? <laughs> uh, it's it's probably better to question what groups I'm not in. Um, uh, <laughs> rubber. Uh, well, I started in, with the interest in rubber and bondage, then joined the leather group, the the old guard leather group, and then uh, um, then I found furry. Then uh, a pup uh, told me he was into uh, diapers and stuff. So then then it seems that everyone around me was after that happened. So. You know, started exploring with that. So I I'm, don't know if I can technically say I'm part of the AB group, but I'm I'm a, a friend on the outside is probably a, a better way to put it. Um, and then uh, I don't know what other groups I could categorize myself in. I'm a cat. About <laughs> <laughs> it. What do you mean by I'm a cat? No, it's furry. I'm a panther. Is my first on oh, basically. Okay, because you, you had said you had a dog fur suit. So I, was... I do have a dog pursuit, but that was um, <laughs> the cat was when when a good friend of mine here in Seattle, Nightcat, he asked me uh, when him and I were talking way back when, what, what's your fursona? And I'm like, okay. Um, and I thought of, you know, what, what animal had like, you know, kind of made a difference to me or, or an impression on me some point in my life and always been the Black Panther. So, you know, that's what I went with. Well, when the dog fursuit came around, uh, it was my birthday, and it was a friend who made the suit. So he wanted to, in his words, make whatever creature he could come up with that was the subbiest bitch as humanly possible. <laughs> Just to make fun of me. <laughs> so what about rubber do you find appealing? And, and the reason I ask is because I've always wondered this when I've talked to someone who's been into leather or rubber or liquid latex or whatever. And I, it, in the case of rubber... And I'm sure you're going to say you're an idiot for saying this, but I always imagine if I was to put on a suit of rubber, not that I have arm hair, but if I did, it would get ripped right off. Like, ow! See, I want to know the answer to this question as well, because my boyfriend, I know that he's into rubber, and I just, I, I guess, I just don't understand it. Like, his persona, every time he draws it, or has somebody draw it for him, it's always rubber. And I'm like, I just, I, I'm... Don't quite understand. So definitely give me the answers that I seek for this. Well, with rubber, um, it's a very hard question to answer because, uh, you know, that'd be like somebody saying, okay, well, why furry? You know, why why do you like animals? You know, or it, of course, there's the ones that think you do like animals. But, the, but why, you know, why do you like the art? Why do you like, you know, putting on a fursuit? You know, what what's the point? But what's, and, what's you know, appealing, you, in other words? Yeah, What's it's, that? It's, it's true. It's kind of like saying, why do you like strawberry yeah. ice cream? I just like strawberries. You know, I don't know why. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, what, what, what facets of rubber appeal to you? Is it like, is it a tactile thing? Is it, a, is it an audio thing where like you hear squeaking? Or is it just encompassing yourself in something that doesn't, isn't porous and breathable? Or what, what about it is so appealing, like on that level? Well, to me, you know, the, um, 
wearing rubber it's uh, at first the scent the scent of the rubber is is erotic but um also the uh sensations if you've never worn latex or or put on latex before um it conforms to the body heat so um fingers running down it can change the temperature where the fingers are running um you know as a as a second touches and then it could feel uh, the the sensations coming from that heat change and running you know like running lines and things like that of fingers can basically make the well i don't want to say the equivalent of a full body orgasm but it can definitely make uh, one feel really good in the process um the the tight sensation of it you know uh it's it's not really it doesn't really uh stop mo a movement or or restrict movement but in the same right it also doesn't make you as free as you are if you are wearing just you know loose cotton um, and also a lot of people are into the, the fact that since it isn't porous, it makes you sweat quite a bit as well. Uh, some people hate that aspect and some people love it. Um, you know, to me, that's, it's, it's just it, the look about it as well. So having a boy tied up, you know, in, in full head to toe rubber with a gas mask on, you know, it, the look of that is very erotic to me. And before you ask me where that came from, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, definitely something to try because, you know, since the temperature change aspect is so, so, uh, amazing on it, uh, an ice cube is, is a new world. Hmm. Do, do people wear like, like rubber shirts and whatnot under their own clothes as they go about their day as kind of like a, a personal reminder or expression? Yes, a lot of people will actually, uh, some people will do, you know, just like a, a rubber jock or, you know, a rubber shirt under their, you know, under their, their button-up shirt and tie. But I've known people to do like full cat suits that they'll wear around all day under their, uh, under their work clothes. And now leather is, I, I kind of have always viewed it as the cousin of, of rubber and vice versa. Uh, is, is, do people, when, when they're into leather... Is it kind of like the same thing? It's about the sensation and the scent and how your body wears it. And I, I would assume a little bit of the, of the cracking sound you can make it make, kind of like how rubber would squeak, that kind of thing. Is this similar for leather? Yeah, it, it kind of is. But, you know, it, it, just like uh, uh, with any community, just like, you know, with our community where, you know, the, the you, you got the, as I've titled them the, the clean furs and the dirty furs you know and the the gambit between is, is is such a wide breach you know same thing with the rubber and leather communities there's everything from the rubber bondage guys to the circuit boys who you know just wear the the uh flashy rubber uh gear because you know and and excuse me and seek out other other guys that are you know just into wearing it and then they take it off to have sex you know the rubber bondage guys the guys into the head to toe rubber things like that they put it on to have sex and that's really the difference um with leather though you know there's there's the same thing from the old guard and the new guards um and and if you need me to explain terminology the old guard basically is from the the leather community from say I don't even know the date, say, but late 80s, early 90s, uh, at latest going back. And then New Guard kind of grew in the in that late 90s era where the difference is Old Guard was if you're subservient, if you're a sub to your to your top and he tells you to do something, 
you know, talking backwards be a very bad thing. You know, it might get you get you punished, things like that. In New Guard Leather, it's more our generation, you know, where it's like we don't want to live subservience, you know, 24-7. We don't, that's not the life we're looking for. And so it's like, you know, it's more with bondage and uh, you have scenes versus, you know, a, a whole lifetime. And, uh, you know, after that, if, you know, you're, top screws up or, you know, is disrespectful to you and makes you mad, you know, you have every right to call them out on it because it's still a relationship. So how are some of the ways that you express um, your enjoyment of bondage? On like a personal level. The ways I express my enjoyment of bondage? Um, well, for me personally, I'm not I'm not normal to anybody else because, you know, I've, I've got a Twitter account that I talk about it pretty much 24-7. But, um, well, clarify what you're, what you're asking. How, how would you, how do you personally get off to it, honestly? <laughs> we're, well, well, no, there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the show saying we're going to be quite frank about it. So, yeah, I mean, do you have an ideal scene that, that you're like, oh, this is just like the best thing ever? Well, you know, it, to me and, and uh, you know, to, to also clarify things uh, about fetish, too, is that, you know, uh, the concept of regular everyday gay sex is the same thing to me as regular everyday straight sex. You know, I could be watching a porn video of either and neither is going to do anything for me whatsoever. Um, whereas, you know, you, you get a boy tied up in, you know, in gear, you know, whether rubber, leather, sports gear, anything like that, 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 you know, I, I focus on and he's tied up and helpless where I can do, you know, whatever to him, whether, you know, use electro or, or, you know, pain play, anything like that, breath control, uh, can take control, then, um, then it does something for me at that point. Um, it's it's i think my sexuality focused on the control aspect on loss of control and taking control of another um and so uh with that the gear the fetish for the gear works into my bondage kink basically is is how that works but uh yeah no i i unless i'm playing in a situation like that uh with bondage or gear i'm i'm you know, I'm not interested. Otherwise, can be the hottest boy in the world, and if you're not into it, then sorry. You're you're as flaccid as an, a deflated balloon. Pretty much. <laughs> so and not engaged with that boy one little bit either. So so you have the way that you personally express it now. Now compare that for us to this the stereotypical media portrayal because, like I personally, I've never been tied up or anything like that. So when someone says, "Oh yeah, I'm into kink and bondage and all these things," I'm imagining you know the dominatrix with the whip saying, "Lick my boots," and and you know whipping him and stuff. Is that actually does that happen compared to to your personal experiences, or is that just stereotype? I, I would say that what you see on TV and then the movies with, with bondage and kink happens about as often as the really, really bad Halloween fursuits that you see for furries in TV and movies show up at con, which is, you know, almost never. I mean, you see them every once in a while. So 
it's about the same thing. I mean, yeah, there are guys that are looking for the dominatrix who he wants to to lick their their uh, shoes and things like that. So, you know, uh, while she tells him he's been a a bad boy or you know whatever, talks dirty to him. But um, a lot of people I know and a, a lot of people I played with, you know, we all have our specific sets of kinks. I'm not into this. I'm into this. You know, so it's actually a conversation between you know the dom and the sub uh, uh, between me and someone that's that's coming to play with me um before the scene actually happens you know there's a negotiation that happens because obviously even though you're taking control from another you want it to be a hundred percent consensual and you know that that uh, for me personally i do not use safe words i a lot of people do where you know the boy has the right to say oh you've gone way too far you know stop me personally i'd just rather have the boy use his mouth and say stop you know, this is going too far, you know, slow down, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, there's uh, the, the portrayal of the, of the uh, stereotypical leather daddy or dominatrix and, uh, you know, beating the crap out of some guy who's paying her money or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, you don't see that often. That's, that's a little more built up Hollywood and usually the gear they're using is sheer crap anyway. Do you just roll your eyes and cringe every time you see it? What's that? Do you just roll your eyes and cringe and pain every time you see it? Yes, yes. Sometimes <laughs> it is really bad. Actually, I any time I see a movie with a straight jacket or medical restraints whatsoever, I lose focus of the movie and watch to see whether they're actually going to apply the restraints properly. And very rarely do they actually. So, and that that usually takes me right out of the movie right there. I'm that bad. <laughs> Well, then that brings me to my to my next question. You know, being the absolutely innocent fox that I am, I have uh, hardly no experience whatsoever when it comes to to bondage. Except, so, and I know a lot week. of oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot. I know that a lot of furries they don't have um, you know very much experience, or or even you know non furries that are, that are listening to this particular. There are episode. no normal people. So. A lot of people are wondering what is what's a typical bonded session like. So start me from the very beginning. So if there's somebody that's fairly new and's wanting to get into um, bondage and it's their very first time, what's some what's some of the things that they should be going through, or some of the things that they should do to either prepare or and what you know what is the typical se- session like? Well, first, you know, if somebody. Um, and oh wait, wait, wait! Don't... Hold on, hold on. Your 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 audio is, is stuttering. Okay, repeat what you uh, were saying from the beginning. Well, if somebody is looking for someone to play with, um, and they don't know anybody, and they're kind of just stepping out, uh, the best thing to do is every community that I have ever been in uh, it has a very good network. Um, even furry, I mean, if if you think, you know, first time you came out and started trying to meet people, you made a friend, you asked about, oh, hey, so-and-so wants to, you know, go hang out. Have you heard about them? Do you know them? Anything about them? And uh, every community is kind of already, as bad as it is, pre-sorted, you know, uh, uh, that's not a nice way to say that. You don't have to be <laughs> nice, just be honest. All right. Well, it is honest. We, we've kind of pre-sorted a little bit, and uh, you know, if you 
make a few connections and ask in any city, you know, hey, do you know so-and-so? What, what's your thoughts? You know, anyone you should really stay away from or that you should avoid uh, um, or, you know, perhaps not allowed, uh, allowed to tie you up. Um, this will be given to you, you know, anybody that has proven themselves uh, that, that they aren't trustworthy, that they're unsafe, um, that they change the rules after they tie you up. These are a lot of people's worries uh, when it comes to bondage. Um, and, you know, the internet, Twitter, it, it's fairly easy to find out who the more prominent people out on uh, the internet in different communities are just by their, the, the numbers of their followers. And so just reach out, send a message. Um, you know, you can always ask anybody if, if uh, someone you want to play with, if they know about them. Um, so, never go into anything blind. What's so that? So I found somebody that I really, you know, that I trust, that I know that's trustworthy. And I've asked several people and they've told me that they're, they're trustworthy. Hey, I even built a little bit of a friendship with them. So I know them. I know who they are. So what's the next step from there? Uh, the next step would then be to negotiate uh, with the top, with the dumb, talk with them, um, find out what they're into. Uh, as well as what you're into, because every scene is a two-way street. If you're talking to a dom that's uh, into uh, CBT, uh, cock and ball torture, basically uh, beating of the testicles, uh, you know, and you're just looking for to get tied up and, and jerked off, um, that's probably not the right top for you, because he's going to want to practice what he's into as well. Um, and so... Once you found this top that that you know uh, you two have talked, you, he seems obviously sane as a good thing, um, and uh, you've decided you want to play. You know, then um, for a newbie, my best suggestion has always been: if you're into something, if you're into a fetish, so say if you're into rubber, for example, uh, the best way to get others' attention is to buy something for yourself, save up for it, buy a cat suit, um, buy, you know, if you're a puppy, buy a, a pup hood, uh, something, pause, anything uh, like that, because you trying to put yourself out there for uh, others to play with, you're basically marketing yourself and you're selling yourself. So if you're posting just blank pictures of yourself, of, of just your face, what have you, take a look on whatever site you are on and see how many others have done just that. You need a reason, a way to rise again, rise above the main pack. And by doing so, it's displaying that you are serious because you have put the money together to purchase a piece of what you are looking for. So you got to sell yourself. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we need to take a break real quick and then we will come back if you're all right, hanging out with us through a break and continue Absolutely. the interview. All right, great. So we will be right back. Hey there, fellow astronauts. Smoke Aquatus here with a few more fun factoids about what's going on in the world above. As of 6 p.m. March 26, 2014, here are your space headlines. NASA has announced an Asteroid Hunter contest. Programmers are invited to compete to produce algorithms used to search through image data in hopes of finding asteroids. The prize is a sweet $35,000, as well as bragging rights in the title of Defender of the Earth! If you think you've got what it takes, go check it out. Expedition 39 launched out of Kazakhstan yesterday around 4.17pm Central Time. 
carrying two Russian cosmonauts and one American astronaut bound for the ISS. As of right now, they're waiting to dock with the station scheduled for tomorrow. They'll change over officially to Expedition 40 when the remaining Expedition 39 crew depart the station in May. Recently, astronomers observed an asteroid between Saturn and Uranus only 155 miles wide that had visible rings. Seven telescopes were used to observe the small body, Chariklo, as it passed in front of a distant star, blocking out its light, giving the opportunity to view it more clearly. But only one captured an image of the narrow bands encircling it. Guess you don't have to be a gas giant to have them anymore. The White House recently officially extended the useful mission life of the International Space Station through 2024, another 10 years of expeditions to the largest man-made object in orbit. The White House also approved a preliminary budget for a mission to Jupiter's moon Europa. It's only $15 million, but that's just a start. The mission is planned to reach the icy moon by 2025. Planned in May of this year is the first 3D printer slated to be put on board the International Space Station. Instead of needing to carry numerous spare parts to keep the station running, using this system they can simply print out the parts they need once something breaks, having carried only a supply of printing material. NASA wants you to pick what the next generation of spacesuits will look like. Currently on the NASA website they have three planned designs for the next generation suits, and they're letting the public vote on which one they'll put into production. As of right now, they're only 3D models, but that should give you an idea of what to expect. Go check them out and cast your vote. There's still a lot going on out there that could be covered this time. For more fantastic details on humanity's exploits amongst the stars, check out NASA's Twitter feed, YouTube channel, and other social media. Until then, this is Smokescale Aquatus signing off. Keep looking up, space fans. For what it's worth is curious. No, not about why you're still using that weird shampoo for that condition. Not about how to tie a tie, there's Google for that. No, we're curious about what it is about candy-colored mini-horses that has created an entire fandom and where the furry fandom overlaps with it. For what it's worth has been invited to visit the Bay Area Brony Spectacular, aka BabsCon, April 18-20th at the Hyatt Regency in the Bay Area of California. This first-year event has cast members of the popular My Little Pony television series, plus prominent brony fandom guests to boot. We will be chatting with convention attendees, interviewing convention guests, and more as we look to pursue the ultimate truth. What do furries and bronies have in common? Send your questions, ideas, and suggestions about our expedition to the show, or let us know if you want to hang out at the convention to share your thoughts. Come on down to BabsCon and you might run into Noacking! I hear she's pretty cool. She's me, I'm Noacking, go to my panel! And I'm gonna be stuck here and uh, while Tugs, who's not even a fan, gets to go to a friggin' PonyCon, I mean, I have a pony persona. I have one. He doesn't know, he doesn't even know what clopping is for crying out loud. This is unfair. This, this, I demand satisfaction. You better bring me back something. This is Nice the Singing Dog, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. Ha! And welcome back. We're still continuing our discussion about bondage with rubber asylum still continuing still continuing still, still continuing. Con whatever <laughs> <laughs> give just you know you know what 
don't be a dick. <laughs> Just don't be a dick. <laughs> There's Rue's advice for the day, I've, everyone. I've, I've had it. I'm off the show. Goodbye. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm still here. You can't mic drop because your mic is actually affixed <sighs> to your face. Ah, <sighs> well, I'm glad that you guys all had fun on your little potty break or whatever you went to do. Who's you guys? The audience? Yes, I'm oh. talking to the audience. Oh, oh I didn't know. Uh, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Call one nine hundred audience. Two dollars a minute. <laughs> Whatever happened to 900 numbers? They tell me that I that they love me. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's continue on then. So we we've kind of touched about on the on the bondage and kink world in general, um, and so, you know you were using a couple terms that I just wanted to make sure the audience uh, understood. So you used, for instance, the word "sir." So define mm-hmm. what that is for the audience. Um, <laughs> a sir. Basically, is the same thing as a dom in the in the leather world, um, and uh, or a top, you know, um, and uh, uh, basically, as a sub, you're taught to refer to any leather dom that you don't know as sir, or anybody you have actually just met as sir, because you know you don't know, and it would be very disrespectful to call a you know a a, a sir, you know, John or or whatever by his real name, so. Sir is just a is a term I used is more of a generic for you know a leather dom basically. What what if you're a woman and you're dominant, mistress? Actually, that uh, from from uh, what I've seen that that depends upon the relationship of that woman. Um, I've uh, seen it everything from mistress to um, a, uh, a lesbian top that was friends with my uh, sir was uh, she wanted to go or she was she went by sir as well. What other what other words are common? Like, give us some lingo. Give us the um, jargon. Well, you got, of course, top and bottom, which is synonymous through all communities. Uh, um, sir and uh, um, slave is actually what opposite of that is, or that's uh, master slave. Pardon me. And then you got dominant, submissive, uh, puppy handler. Uh, then you then you get a little little more on the fringes, and you get things like uh, free, feeders and gainers, and uh, the the list goes on. You got pony boys, and uh, then as furry it seems to grow more comfortable with the concept of kink, you're getting uh, rubber versions of all of the different uh, uh, saunas and uh, things like that. So. I have to ask, I don't know how involved you are with the pony world, but do the bronies and the ponies <laughs> fight each other at all, or do they get along? Do we along? have to get on this topic? We do. Like, we really do. Wow, here, it like, wasn't laughing. even me this time. <laughs> I am like, actually qualified to answer this, as, as my uh, pet is a pony and my husband is a brony, so... Huh. Uh, <laughs> We we cover almost every gambit of kink in this household, but uh, no, it's the same thing as asking uh, uh, to answer honestly. It's the same thing as is when I asked uh, uh, people, are puppies technically furries? Or you know, I mean, here you got pups that are, uh, or or guys that that want to be dogs, you know, be rubber dogs or leather dogs. But the concept, if anybody called them a furry, they'd recoil. You know, um, the bronies and the ponies are, are, are two completely different things. The ponies are like puppies, like uh, just just uh, people want to be uh, in that mindset and that headspace of being, you know, the subservient dog or the, the workhorse, what have you. Whereas the bronies, uh, of course, are uh, um, have, have grown an affiliate and a 
affiliation to the show My Little Pony. And for most, it's not sexual, although there seems to be a kink version of Brony really bubbling to the surface in the public eye now, or at least in, in our communities. Where people can clop and sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was a complete sidetrack. So, so let's narrow it down a little bit. So bondage crossing into furry. So you've talked about tying up fursuits. What else is mm-hmm. there? What else is there besides, uh, oh, you mean what other activities beyond that? Yes. Well, um, well fursuit, of course, then makes, makes uh, access to a lot of things difficult, uh, which is then when we get into the, the, the bounds of the mersuit, uh, which is then the fursuit with the zipper on it, um, access zip. But still, at that point, you have access to only the crotch area, front, and, front or front and back, depending on the, on the person that owns the suit. Um, so other things like nipples and, and other types of play kind of, kind of go out the window with a fursuit. Um, but you can do, you know, once you have access to the cock and balls, you can do any type of play that, that you normally would otherwise, such as, you know, uh, electro play. And, uh, you know, I've done, uh, full clothespin sets on, on, uh, the exposed bits of a fursuiter. Um, you know, depending upon, uh, depending upon, um, um, excuse me, depending upon how the muzzle in the suit is, is made, you can also do gas mask and breath control play under it as well. Um, I've done uh, sensory deprivation. I put a, a tightly laced hood on the suitor and then put his head on. Um, and you got lockable fursuits, bondage fursuits, uh, things like that as well. It's With that, it's a little more, it seems to be a little more locking the person down as their sauna. They can't remove their suits. They can't, you know, if they're muzzled, if they're, you know, gagged, what have you, they can't speak back as their human form. You know, their sauna is then in bondage rather than themselves. So the furries that don't know, what is a bondage fursuit? Uh, you know, very few, uh, very few are, are, I'm sure more have been created than a, than are publicly known, but uh, bondage fursuits like my dog, for example, his arms and legs uh, zip together. Basically, the arms will zip to the body, to the sides of the body, and the legs will zip together, and it basically makes it more like a like a furry bondage sack uh, or something like that. So it's a fursuit, but it restricts heavily restricts movement. Um, Does it also <clears> have <throat> like a lock on the head so that? He does have a lock on the head as well. Yes, he is a one-piece suit. The uh, uh, head is built to the body, and all the paws are built on as well. Um, I've got a friend in California who uh, he makes the zip, the head zips to the body, and the paws zip on, and they all lock. Um, but basically, with that, people that are that are into trappable, uh, you know, like plush suits, trappable plush suits that are made where you can't put it on yourself, you cannot take it off yourself. Uh, so once you're put into it, you know, lock or no lock, you're you're stuck. You're you're stuck as your as your character as your sauna. You can't take it off. So uh, with that, you know, the next step is then you know muzzling, so you can't speak because you can't you can't get out and you can't speak. You know, but you have a handler there for safety. Some Someone who knows you and is monitoring you, obviously, to, to make sure that, you know, no issues come up in the process. So speaking... A, go ahead, sorry. So it oh, sounds no, to I me just, like... like it's all about headspace, basically. So it sounds to me like it, it's like a, a fursuit that can basically turn into almost like a mummy suit, or whatever it is, those are called. 
Yes, the 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 uh, derpy, my my dog. Uh, yeah, he uh, technically uh, he he does a sleep sack is uh, uh, probably what you're looking for, but um, where the where the arms are restrained to the sides and the legs are restrained together. Uh, but it, he still has more movement. I mean, it's it's more restrictive than it is, you know, actual bondage. Because I mean, fur doesn't have the have the strength to hold up to. You know, if you really wanted to rip out of that fursuit, you're going to. Right. So what are what are some of the dangers of bondage? Like are there dangers? Like what are <laughs> what are some things that you would recommend that people should know about? You know what? Before he answers, I'll tell you a story. Um person was it next door or our house? Anyways, they died of autoerotic asphyxiation. And so yeah, there's dangers. It's I, yeah, I there's... <laughs> bondage ghosts. Well, yeah, I mean if you tie up somebody to you know, too tightly, they can lose circulation. And anyway, and, so and well, if you're just, gagged, then yeah. you can't tell people. It was just a fun fact. So. The studio's haunted by a well, bondage ghost. I, I understand <laughs> that. I I was just wanting to, you know, I got this mental image of American Horror Story all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber guy hanging from the ceiling. I love that show, by the way. It's a good show. <laughs> No, there, there's a lot of dangers, actually. Uh, the, the, the act of bondage by itself, the act of, uh, you know, any types of play that typically go with bondage. I mean, you're playing with fire, you know, to get your, to get your, your rocks off, basically. And, and it's, it's uh, we know this. It's, it's accepted, uh, um, accepted danger, basically. But, you know, this is why trust is a huge thing. You're putting your hands, your, yourself in the hands of another. Uh, things that can go wrong, um, you know, as was mentioned, you know, things tied too, too tight, like a rope, you know, uh, that's biting into the arm, the upper arm. You know, you cut off, uh, uh, you can pinch nerves, you can cut off circulation. You know, those are the more minor issues. Um, breath control. You go too far, you know, you, you can, the person can pass out. Uh, go way too far obviously that's gonna cause bigger issues um you know i've lost multiple friends uh over the years um uh, some to uh breath control but this is all to clarify through self-play that is probably the biggest danger in this community is uh people that can't feel they can't find a playmate um or can't find a playmate at that time and they're horny and they're going to utilize this hood or you know put that belt around their neck whatever um you know it's it's there is a lot of dangers in doing like self-breath play uh ethyl chloride which is a um you know p people call it in inhalation poppers basically or no what is it it's uh spray poppers and what it is basically is a derivative of chloroform um and or it's very similar to chloroform and um, I've lost a few friends utilizing that as well, self-play, because it knocks you out. And if you got a closed breathing circuit system, you know, and you're knocked out, you, you're not in a good position. But um, so I, I'd always say, you know, someone to play with, someone, you know, someone you trust that they're, that's there watching out for you, whether you're playing alone or whether you're playing with someone else, you know, someone as a backup and uh, someone you trust because there's just a lot of things that, that can go wrong and you need someone that knows what they're doing. So in other words, you're saying like, just like going and working out or whatever, you should have somebody there, 
you know, if like you're a spotter, yeah, for a spotter, basically, you need to have somebody there. I I just worry because I have a friend that he's like, oh, I just want somebody to just tie me up and leave me there for seven hours. Mm-hmm. And and I know that there's probably people that are are there for you know extended amount of time and different things like that. But you still recommend that there should be somebody there, you know, checking up on you once in a while, making sure that you know something doesn't happen. Always. Um, and, you know, uh, probably the best example I have of that is, is I play with uh, medical restraints, you know, uh, things that are that are engineered and designed to hold people and hold people safely. And uh, even with those, if you, you know, reading into like what the hospitals see, their, their policies and stuff, they still check on the patient every 15 minutes because there's things that a lot of people don't know uh, about, like uh, pos- positional asphyxiation, which is, you know, uh, just just from being held in the same position too long, you know, it's uh, you find that you can't breathe, you know, and the, and the body, you know, you end up choking, you know, end up suffocating. Uh, there's thrombosis, which is, you know, laying in the position too long, which is a blood clot, which can potentially travel to the heart or to the brain. Um, you know, the more minor things, bed sores, things like that, which, which you know, are more uh, of an annoyance than anything else. But, um, you know, uh, with the concept of being tied up for seven hours left alone, that, that's, that's a bad idea all around, not just, you know, with the concept of, of not being observed or somebody to check on you to make sure everything is okay. And I've got a lot of great mishap stories of my own uh, of, of those kind of situations. Um, but uh, with... Uh, um, with a, a scene that long, just being in the same position and not being moved around and things like that, you get blood clots uh, and the, or you get the potential blood clots. So like for scenes like that that I do, I have this bed downstairs, which uh, is is a medical bed and it's it alternates the pressure across the body on a constant basis. So you can stay tied to it for seven hours and you won't form blood clots or anything like that uh, it's designed to do so otherwise it's not really safe hmm. so it's uh you know this reminds me of is i've heard i can I, you'll probably know what i'm talking about but i've heard it's, it's was it called safe sane and is it consensual mm-hmm. there's a I, there's like a, a phrase a rule of thumb and I, is that is that what it is uh, you know, is the the concept is is just basic logic. I mean, it, it's you know. It, it In other words, be don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it can be hard to think logically when one is is you know got a heart on and and the hormones are raging. There's only but... enough blood for one head. Yes, exactly, exactly. The blood drains and and the thought process is shut down. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just basic logic. You know, it, when you're not horny, if you think about it, would you let somebody you didn't know tie you up? As, as uh, you know, erotic as that may sound to you in the moment, the reality of that situation is definitely not erotic uh, uh, if it goes bad. You know, um, and it's it's just, yeah, you know, have a backup. Have a friend who has your phone number, you know, that, that uh, will call. You know, uh, call before the guy ties you up. Give him the address. You know, have a backup who knows where you are, you know, what you're doing, you know, and and uh, even if it's somebody in another city, if you don't have a local friend, somebody you trust off the Internet, they can call the cops if they hadn't heard from you by a set time. I mean, it's there's there's multiple ways to set backups to things like this and still have a good time. So, so if we assume that um, being unsafe is a taboo, 
what um and not 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 necessarily that extreme but what other taboos exist in in the bondage world just things that you wouldn't do like uh to equate that to furry some people would say a taboo is taking off your fursuit head in public with a bunch of children ruining the magic yeah what what kinds of taboos exist in the bondage world be it that extreme or not at all um you know it's it's there there are but i mean that's individual to the person and their and their um and their personal tastes, you know, so like my sir would would probably have been put off by a, a boy that was, you know, calling him by his real name or, or you know, acting acting up to try to get attention, something like that. Uh, whereas, you know, another top might find it adorable or a reason to, to punish, which is might be what the, the sub was looking for in the first place to get spanked. Um, but the, there's there's really not any grand taboos because in the fetish world we're all about taboo i mean you we're we're uh you know taking those taboos and, and embracing them you know for everything from you know the fuzzy handcuffs to to uh probably the probably the most disturbing things you can think of uh you know people sexualize so it's just the individual groups don't tend to interact with each other though you know uh I guess, you know, some, a little bit of overlap, but, you know, the broad ends of the spectrum don't tend to. So we have one more question for you. Okay. Um, What is one thing that you wish everyone knew about bondage? (sighs) What's your final (laughs) thoughts? (laughs) You can hear the aggravation. Uh, No, no, that was a sigh of, oh my God, how am I going to answer this? Um, I can give you two things if it, or. Well, what are your, what what do you wish, Rue? What have you learned? Huh? While he thinks about it, what have you learned? I have learned lots and lots of things, and (laughs) now I am not as ignorant as I once was. Great. (laughs) That is an answer that. Didn't answer anything. That was a, that go. was a politician's answer. Very good. Yeah. Very what did good. you learn, Tux? I learned that ice apparently is amazing when you're in rubber. I had no idea. <laughs> well, I could I could definitely see how that um, how that would work. I mean, filling like the fingers going across, and I could definitely see how the temperature. It's like, you know changes. what that reminds me of. Have you ever had someone um, pet your back when you're wearing like a, an Under Armour shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. It's similar, but not not the same. There's a lot more. The sensation is a lot more uh, intensified Especially with uh, rubber. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll challenge, I'll challenge you. If you say your boyfriend is into rubber, into the concept of, you don't even have to put anything on. You know, just sliding your arm down one of the sleeves of a of a shirt or a cat suit, something like that, and then you know, just just feeling the outside of it, or or taking some ice and running along the outside, you'll you'll it'll send shivers through your body. Hmm. So did you come up with a taboo, or not a taboo, a thing you wish everyone knew? Thing I wish everybody knew about bondage. I think I think it wouldn't be so much about bondage as it would be the the whole world, uh, you know, everything, all the communities. As it's the the thing I wish everyone knew was basically uh, that you know we're all we're all the same. We're we're you know we've all got our own uh, you know differences, our own breaks, our own fractures, you know, uh, our history makes who we are, our history makes the fact that we like furry, the fact that we like rubber, leather, bondage, whatever, you know, uh, and so with that, you know, uh, opening your mind and exploring a little bit, um, 
is never a bad thing. You know, this is how I found the, the fandom. This is how I found other communities was, you know, just, just kind of going, oh, well, let's check this out. Let's form an opinion before we just write it completely off. And, uh, you know, the thing about the thing about bondage and the thing about uh, kink in general is it's a satiation of needs, just like, uh, you know, putting on your fursuit is or just like putting on your pup muzzle might be. You know, it's a satiating something that's inside of you that you can't shut off, that a lot of us have tried to shut off. And I'm sure there's a lot of furs that have tried to, you know, abandon the fandom. You know, I'm, I'm done with this, walk away, and inevitably a few years later, they're back. Um, it's the same thing. It's, it's, uh, this is all inside of us. This is all of who we are, you know, with no matter what way we relate to it ourselves. Uh, there's really nothing different between each and every one of us, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, just, just being, especially for our, for the furry community, just being a little more accepting of those around you, because basically what you wrestle with, what you feel, the way, the, the, the way you look on life, most other people do as well. Some, some are better at, uh, burying that than others actually, but you know, it's open minds and looking into things you don't understand.
So you know how I said that this was your last question? What? I lied to you. I I'm a horrible, horrible liar, well, we but I lied to you for because him, we have actually ten questions <laughs> that we are going to be asking you in the game. The game. <laughs> you ready for some torture? Oh sure. I'm always ready for torture. <laughs> so um, while the board fills up, uh, the rules are basically this: for every question you get right, you get a point, and that sounds like this. For every question you get wrong, you get this. <laughs> and Rue's giving me, where's the game? Where's the I game? I don't have the notes. <laughs> I so, want to know what my category is. Oh, now. don't worry. This, your game is called Virgins. Do you love them? So we're going <laughs> to ask you 10 questions about different kinds of virgins. Oh, no. Oh, yes. This is exciting. Oh, and by the way, when you run out of time in your guess, you'll hear this. <laughs> So, do you have any questions on how this game works? It's pretty straightforward. No, no, it seems fairly straightforward. All right. All right, so we have question number one. What year was Vir Virgin Records founded in? Told you all about virgins. Is it is it multiple choice, or do I have to guess? You just you have, have to, to guess. guess. We're oh. just looking for a year. Virgin Records, so let's see. Uh... Don't cheat. Mid-60s. No, I'm not cheating. I actually have a large record collection as well. Uh, Mid-60s, uh, I'd say probably, oh, maybe even late, early 70s. I'd say 68. That was very, very close. It's 1972. Oh. <laughs> Next question. How long is the Virgin River? Oh, Jesus. Nope. Uh, that's not on length of measurement yet. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I'll say uh, We're looking for 600 miles. yards. It's Six a short river. 600 yards? Uh, it's 162 miles. <laughs> I was slightly off. So, question three. What mountains does the Virgin River flow through? Oh. <laughs> um... Wow, I'm going to be on the opposite side of the world on this guess, I'm guaranteeing. I'd say the Alps. No, they wouldn't go through the Alps. Uh, <laughs> the Rockies. The Rockies? <laughs> the answer is the Virgin Mountains. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Question four. Where was famous runner Craig Virgin born? Oh, God. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, Belleville, Illinois. Oh, hey, I was close. Not Bellevue. No, you're not close. <laughs> Bellevue is no, not no. the same as Belleville. <laughs> I was, I was, I was at least in a in a general, you know, couple state area. <laughs> that's true. Yes. So, question number five: How much alcohol is allowed by law in a virgin drink? Oh, I was going to say none, but I'm guessing that is not correct. You know, the United States uh, has a bunch of weird laws, like right, defining the size of Swiss none. cheese. So, yeah. Sorry, what was yeah. your guess? None. Less than 0.5%. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I was aiming for one right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people get one or two. You're in good company so far. Question six. What year did the artistic film Virgin come out in? Oh, my God. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking you're not into the virgin thing very much. No, no. Well, no, I've, I've, I have a lot of experience with, but it's usually not me. Um, so 1972. So it was 2003. Question number seven. In the terms of Horik. Horik? Uh, <laughs> Honorific. Hornorific titles. <laughs> Hornorific. Honorific. Anyways, anyways, what is the corresponding title for virgin in the Catholic Church? Vestal. Uh, that would be Saint. I'm a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, are you really? This is not. This is rigged. <laughs> wait, wait. I have to ask. Do you do bris role play? Oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually like the uncircumcised penis. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's. I, I. You know. I have to share this. I'm sorry. So I play an MMO, and my friend, my friend That's and a I. Huge yeah, no, I know. My friend and I were talking, and I'm like, you know, most Canadians are uncut, and he's like. No way. That's totally untrue. So it, it became this big thing that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. And the other day he goes, I guess you're right. But you know what? Every time I imagine one of those getting hard, I hear a transformer sound. And then my, and I just go. What? You have just offended like probably like 40% of our audience. 40% of 1%. No, seriously. And I'm like, that's actually pretty good. Except it's more of a. But anyway, question eight. How many people live in Virgin, Utah as of the 2010 census? Oh, you know, I was just reading this yesterday. What? You just go reading the census? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say uh, one million. Wow. <laughs> Salt Lake City has two million in the metro area. Almost. 596. <laughs> <laughs> So, I think you're overcompensating on that one. I, I miscounted somewhere. I think I, I think I carried the nine when I shouldn't have. Transformers, penises in disguise. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Question nine. Really? Number nine. Where is the city of Saint John? The Virgin Islands. Okay, so question 10 has a pre-question that doesn't actually count for points, but do you know what Rue's fursona is? I'm going to guess kangaroo? No, he's a fox. Uh, yeah, oh, I know. Everyone thinks he's a kangaroo. Take me later, Rue. Now here's the real question. Is Rue a virgin? Ooh, I got a 50-50. He's a fox, actually, so then I've got a I've got a 1% chance I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. The answer is hell no. He's a fox. <laughs> so you got two right. Two points? What do I win? You win oh, prestige. Claps. Oh, he claps. wins a clap. Oh, okay, One clap. clap. Ready? One, two, three. There you go. Uh, but I'll you got two points, a, so he gets one a, more. As a parting gift. <laughs> uh, you'll take what? I said I'll take Rue as a parting gift. Oh. oh. 
Okay, sir. Okay, so we have uh, a side question for you. Did you want to? Did you want to go through the mailbag with us? There's two emails, or if you want, we can sign out and finish that on our own. No, no, I'm more than happy to stick around if you want. Woo! All right, so it's mailbag time. I'll give Rue the short one. All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. Yay! Hold on. <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to reach for the email. Hold on, hold on, people. Okay, here He's we go. He's all moving with his microphone. Oh, my God. All right, so this is from who? Um, oh, it's from J-Dub. Go for it. Wait, wait, I have to read what you put on the show notes here. Whatchamajiz? That's this other email. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, here we go. So he says, Hello, my fellow fur butts. When it comes to kink, I don't think furry is in any shortage of it. Um, especially BDSM. Especially when you consider how broad the term is. BDSM in the furry fandom can reach I'm sorry, can range from light sparkling um, and domination to to full on control and power over the sub even some baby furs have BDSM parts to their relationships, including my um, myself included also, quick question what is the strangest um, furry picture you've ever seen on the interwebs. Interwebs. Ah. Wow. From not. So, what do you think? What is the strangest furry picture that you've seen on the interwebs? Hmm? No, I'm, I'm asking Asylum. Can you hear me? No, I think I lost you guys a little bit. Oh, you muted me. No, no, no. No? no? No, no. Yeah, so we had someone ask us what the weirdest furry picture you've seen on the internet is. Shitting dick nipples. Ew! <laughs> Ew! Whoa! That came out way too easily. Have you been recently was, looking at shitting dick nipples, sir? That was the first furry art I was ever sent. And somebody told me that was furry art. And, you know, I opened it up and... Uh, we looked it up online after I'm like, what the hell is this? And so, oh, it's shitting dick nipples. So we Googled it, shitting dick nipples. First thing that came up said, only the Asians. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was the definition. Oh. <laughs> I think my strangest one is something that was depicting a tampon furry. That, that was... Oh my God, when we were doing research. Yeah, when we were doing research for that one show. Tampon furries. Of different type of furs. There's a, a there's a very small group. <laughs> there's a small group of furries, and we make fun of them a lot on this show because I know that's only like one, uh, not even one percent. It's one point five people. <laughs> I think it's only five people. So um, <laughs> everyone, everyone that listens to the show. Now, a tampon furry is basically a furry that is an anthropomorphic tampon. It's bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's good. We're going on to the next email then. Thank you for the email. No, well, what what do you think is the worst? I, honestly, I don't have a, an answer, but I'll tell you what I do. And I, I, it's, I'm not, I feel kind of ashamed, but hear me out. 
Uh, I actually, uh, when I get bored, will go look at random things on the front page of FA just to see what the hell people are into. Because you look at that every five minutes and you will discover a new kink or sub-kink or fetish or whatever. And it's not that I'm judging people. I'm just amused by, like, how did I not know this was a thing? Like, someone had, like, a clown afro or something on there the other day that someone was fucking. And I was like, what? Rule 34. I know, I know. I just, you, you, you know about Rule 34, but seeing Rule 34 occasionally, you just are like, <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> Although, I will say one of the strangest pieces I've seen of, on a furry art site was, like, a really hairy Luigi with a pubic bush that was, like, Ew. half his dick. Yeah. I got kind of shocked. I, I have to admit, I got kind of shocked when I saw a Rule 34 of Mr. Peabody. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Let's Is that really surprising? Yeah. It's no, amazing. it's not surprising, but it just caught me off guard. All right. Let's move on then. So the next email is from uh, who's that? You know what I think this is? This is, I think, someone trolling me, except that that's their email address. Who's Jamma Ziggits? We're just going to call you who. So, <laughs> who's, who's Jamma Ziggits? Yeah. Uh, he says, hi, Kester, for what it's worth. I've been listening to your show since around the fourth or fifth episode, but I've never written an email because I'd rather stay on the sidelines. However, today I'm writing all of you as a sort of response to the podcast because I felt like it. The latest episode, Season 3, Special 3, which is the food special, I would have to say is by far the best episode I've ever listened to. I must admit, a furry episode about food was a bit confusing at first, but the episode itself with the amazing voices, tons of laughter-inducing segments, and the cookie game made for one excellent show. I remember one recent episode where Tugs got Rue to say that he was gay made me smile. It was a bit refreshing to hear Rue talk about his mate for a bit, and I sensed he was apprehensive initially. As for the show in general, I like that there's more swearing in the show. Not that I want the show to become a fuckfest of sorts, mm. but rather, I like that there aren't restricted in any way that interferes with the chemistry between the show hosts as they try to retain a verbal innocence whilst keeping a show going. All in all, I found this podcast to be a wonderful thing and would encourage the host to endeavor in keeping FUWA going. Thanks a million from a listener who unpronounceable. P.S. I apologize if I messed up the grammar. I've not written a letter in some time. Well, this is an email, so you did great. Who's Jamie Gizzards? <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I assume you haven't listened to the show before, Asylum, and that's okay, because no one does. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> but we did do a food special where Rue had to blindly identify cookies, which is one of his obsessions, and he failed the oatmeal raisin cookie. That's my favorite cookie. <laughs> it was horrible. And then he went home and ate his And friends. then Tim Tams. All the Australian furries were like, you didn't get our cookie? I'm so offended. Did you get shit from Australia? Yes. Good. Good. You let down the entire nation. What's your favorite cookie? Asylum, we have to know. <gasps> a snickerdoodle. Oh. A what? A snickerdoodle. Oh, I thought you said a passive noodle for a minute. I'm like, passive <laughs> noodles are oh, awful. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to housekeeping then before we wrap up the show. Um, we wanted to thank Kanish for the music. Uh, we want to thank Nice for the ident. Uh, oh, and then if you like the show, there is a commenting feature on our site, which people are using. Yay. Uh, you don't need an account. And yeah, it makes it people look like people actually go to our show site. So do it. <laughs> Reads over there dancing. Um, and then we have one other grand announcement. Um, it's a little late because this episode actually is really late uh, when we're sorry about that uh, that is that for reasons that are still kind of befuddling my brain uh, Koru and I are going to be traveling to BabsCon at their invitation 
to see how furries and bronies are alike. So I know. <laughs> so we're going to be there. We're going to be interviewing people, maybe the showcast if we get lucky. Um, and then we will also be recording a regular episode there as well. So Tugs, when you come back, you're going to have to tell everybody who's the best pony. Sam, I am. <laughs> He's. I don't know. I'm going because you know what? Whatever. You might as well learn, right? Oh, and that what we learned this episode? Yes, we've learned lots and lots of things. By the way, did you mention already from the last episode about? Thank you so much for the people that nominated us for the Ursa Major <gasps> oh, Award. Oh yeah, we're super super excited. If you're hearing this, um, you know, and if you're a fan of the show and you believe that we've deserve to win that award then please do go vote for us um you can go to the ursa major awards.org yeah org and log into there uh you will need to register and then just go through and and pick your best i mean they have different categories so like from the best game or movies or different things like that so so go through and um pick who deserved it for 2013, right? No, that's not a year. 2013 was Oh, the... 20. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a People's Choice Award. Uh, Rue and I actually waited to see if somehow someone was crazy enough to nominate us. We didn't We didn't influence that. Um, but they, has, they have told us that now that we're nominated officially, um, that we should ask people to go and vote because it is a People's Choice Award. So please go vote for us if you feel we deserve it. And that would be pretty awesome if we won. We would explode. We would love you forever. <laughs> I'd give cookies to everybody. and just be like, you get a cookie. You get a cookie. All right, Oprah. You let's get close the shop down. <laughs> so, any other announcements before we sign off? I'm gay. <laughs> and pregnant. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, All right, yeah. so what's for the next episode, Tugs? Well, we're going down to the Bat Cave and exploring the stalactites inside. No, I am... So, we're going to ask Bruce Wayne how to get into Batman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to be doing an episode about getting into character. So get your bat wings on and your utility belt. And... Shh, it's okay. Okay. Uh, Rue. Yeah. Rue. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh. Don't get into Batman. <laughs> Nope, we're going to be doing Getting Into Character. Um, we're hoping we have a great guest, so watch our Twitter, and we'll tell you who it is. He might help you solve a mystery if you have portable devices. So what do we want to hear from our audience? Uh, how do you get into character when you put on your fursuit or when you're role-playing or whatever you do? Uh, what do you do? do you, is there, uh, like, for example, I know someone who um, they'll put their collar on and they'll be like, all right, perfect, I am in character now. It just sets the mood in their head. How do you get into that mind space? And then how do you project that outward? Awesome. Yep. So we'll be looking forward to your emails. So you can send them to um, this place where um, Fire Breath is going to tell you. For what it's worth truly is driven by your letters, emails, voicemails, and more. The show would be a lot more boring without you. You make the difference. Here's how you can join in the fun. To comment on today's show topic, visit forwhatitsworth.com and leave your thoughts on the show notes page. You don't need to create an account to do so. Email the show at cast at forwhatitsworth.com for general comments, rue at forwhatitsworth.com, tugs at forwhatitsworth.com, and if you're lonely, koru at forwhatitsworth.com can be used to contact a specific cast member. 
Voicemail is awesome, and you don't have to type. Call 469-44-FURRY and leave us a message. Long-distance charges may apply. Send cookies, packages, love, and nut bombs to P.O. Box 25394, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84125, United States. If you would like to remain anonymous, just let us know and we will keep it that way. Before sending items to the show, please be aware we cannot return them to you for safety reasons. If you have any original music or art you'd like played on the air or displayed on the website, send it to music at forwhatitsworth.com. If you'd like to keep up between shows, check out our Twitter, at forwhatitsworth, our Facebook page, or our Google Plus page. It's a great way to get your show fix and see what we're up to. And now, back to the show. <laughs> All right. Any? Uh, oh, if someone wants to talk to you, Asylum, uh, are you are you cool for that? How can they get a hold of you? What's your Twitter handle? What What do you want people to know? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way on Twitter at Rubber Asylum. That's R U B B E R A S Y L U M or RubberAsylum.net, uh, which is our site. Which hopefully, if I can find some time in a day, I'll I'll uh, actually relaunch. Um, but it's still, the old one's still up there, uh, and you can send me an email through that. Sweet. We do appreciate you coming and joining us today. Um, it was very educational, and I'm sure that um, our fans have enjoyed it, so thank you. Yeah, thank you for giving us some of your time. I know you're super busy. So this well, has been... For mm-hmm. So this has been Rue. This is Tugs. And Kuru. And you've been listening to... Wait, wait, we need his name! Oh, oh, okay. Say your name for... <laughs> <laughs> And asylum. There you go. And you've been listening to For What what It's It's Worth. Worth. And you actually have to say it too. This is my favorite part of the show. (laughs) Can I call in a boy to do this for me? No. Next. (laughs) All right. Say it. For What It's Worth. There you go. (laughs) All right. Turn off that recorder.